0: You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled Cyrus. Hello, my radio friends. Welcome to today's program. Have you ever heard of someone or have known of someone who seemed to be utterly incapable of doing anything great? It ended up being very special in the estimation of many people. What I want to share with you today is about someone who seemed to be an unlikely person to do God's will, yet it appears became one of God's special people. But before dealing with this person, I want to share with you the story of someone who made a huge difference in the lives of many people. Her name is Corrie Tenbom. Corrie Tinbaum was born in Harlem in the Netherlands, that's Holland, on April 15, 1892. She was the youngest of four children. She had a brother, Willem, and two sisters, Nolly and Betsy. A brother, Hendrik Jan. Died in infancy. Corrie's grandfather, Willem Tenbaum, opened a watchmaker's shop in Harlem in 1837. In 1844, he began a weekly prayer service to pray for the Jewish people, who even then experienced discrimination in Europe. When Willem's son Casper inherited the business, Casper continued that, that tradition. Corrie's mother, Cornelia died in 1921. The family lived on the second floor above the shop. Corrie ten apprenticed as a watchmaker and in 1922 was named the first woman to be licensed as a watchmaker in Holland. Over the years, the ten took care of many refugee children and orphans. Corrie taught Bible classes and Sunday school and was active in organising Christian clubs for Dutch children. During the German blitzkrieg across Europe on May 1940, tanks and soldiers invaded the Netherlands. Corrie, who was 48 at the time, was determined to help her people. So she turned their family home home into a safe haven for people trying to escape the Nazis. Dutch resistance members carried grandfather clocks into the watch shop. Hidden inside the long clock cases were bricks and mortar, which they used to build a false wall and a hidden room in Corrie's bedroom. Although it was only about two feet wide by eight feet long, This hiding place could hold six or seven people, Jews or members of the Dutch underground. The ten bombs installed a warning busset to signal their guests to hide whenever the Gestapo, its secret police, were searching the neighbourhood. The hideout worked well for nearly four years because people were constantly coming and going through the busy watch repair shop. But on February 28, 1944, an informant betrayed the operation to the Gestapo. Thirty people, including several of the Tinbohm family, were arrested. However, the Nazis failed to find the six people hiding in the secret room. They were rescued two days later by the Dutch resistance movement. Corrie's father, Casper, then aged 84, was taken to the Scheveningen prison. He died ten days later. Corrie's brother, Willem, a Dutch reform minister, was released thanks to a sympathetic judge. Sister Nolly was also released. Over the next ten months, Corrie and her sister Betsy were shuttled from Scheveningen to Vught concentration camp in the Netherlands, finally ending up in Ravensbrück concentration camp near Berlin, the largest camp for women in German-controlled territories. The prisoners were used for forced labour in farm projects and armament factories. Thousands of women were executed there living conditions were brutal with meager rations and harsh discipline even so betsy and corrie conducted secret prayer services in their barracks using a smuggled dutch bible the women voiced prayers and hymns in whispers to avoid the attention of the guards on december 16 1944 Betsy died at Ravensbrook of starvation and lack of medical care. Corrie later recounted the following lines as Betsy's last words. We must tell them what we have learned here. We must tell them that there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. They will listen to us, Corrie, because we have been here. Two weeks after Betsy's death, Corrie was released from the camp due to claims of a clerical error. She often called this occurrence a miracle. Shortly after Corrie's release, all of the other women in her age group at Ravensbrook were executed. Corrie travelled back to Groningen in the Netherlands, where she recuperated in a convalescent home. A truck took her to her brother Willem's home in Hilversum, and he arranged for her to go to the family home in Harlem. In May 1945, she rented a house in Bloemendal, which she converted into a home for concentration camp survivors, fellow wartime resistance collaborators and the disabled. She also set up a non-profit organisation in the Netherlands to support the home and her ministry. In 1946, Corrie boarded a freighter for the United States. Once there, she began speaking at Bible classes, churches and Christian conferences. Throughout 1947, she spoke extensively in Europe and became affiliated with Youth for Christ. It was at a Youth for Christ World Congress in 1948 that she met Billy Graham and Cliff Barrows. Graham would later play a major role in making her known to the world. From the 1950s through the 1970s, Corrie ten Boom travelled to 64 countries, speaking and preaching about Jesus Christ. Her 1971 book, The Hiding Place, became a bestseller. In 1975, Worldwide Pictures, the film branch of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, released a movie version with Jeanette Clift George in the role of Corrie. Queen Juliana of the Netherlands made Ten Boom, a night in 1962. In 1968, she was asked to plant a tree at the Garden of the Righteous Among the Nations at the Holocaust Memorial in Israel. Gordon College in the United States awarded her an Honorary Doctorate in Humane Letters in 1976. As her health deteriorated, Corrie settled in Placentia, California, in 1977. She received resident alien status, but curtailed her travel after pacemaker surgery. The next year, she suffered the first of several strokes, which reduced her ability to talk and get around by herself. Corrie Denbaum died on her 91st birthday, April 15 1983. She was buried at Fairhaven Memorial Park in Santa Ana California. From the time she was released from Ravensbrook Brooke, until illness ended her ministry Corrie Ten Boom reached millions of people throughout the world with the message of the gospel. The book Hiding place the hiding place remains a popular and impactful book and Tenbaum's teachings on forgiveness continue to resonate. Her family home in the Netherlands is now a museum dedicating dedicated to remembering the Holocaust besides the prisoners to whom she ministered to in Ravenbrook it is estimated that Corrie was responsible for saving at least 800 lives. That story is a kind of illustration of what happened with Cyrus. So you might ask, who was Cyrus? Cyrus is first mentioned in the Bible in the book of Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 1. And here's what that verse says. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I will take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armour. Now the book of Isaiah was written somewhere between the years of 701 BC and 681 BC when Isaiah died. Now here is a fantastic fact. Although God's prophet wrote about Cyrus, it was not until almost 150 years later that Cyrus was born. What are the chances of predicting a world-famous person 150 years before he was born or even naming his name? The probability of getting such prediction right is probably something like one in at least... Ten million, billion. Yet the prophecy recorded by Isaiah was accurate. Now what does that tell you about the Bible? It tells me that the Bible is an inspired book, inspired by God that is. It tells me that God knows the future. It tells me that the Bible is a book that we should trust that it is accurate. And it tells me that we should take note of what it says. Cyrus was a pagan king of the Medo-Persian Empire, which lasted from sorry, 539 BC to 331 BC. Again, before he ever existed, Cyrus was named by God biblical reference is Isaiah 44 here God speaks and says who says of Cyrus he is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please he will save Jerusalem let it be rebuilt and of the temple let its foundations be laid now here's another prophecy not just about Cyrus but the temple in Jerusalem At the time the prophecy was made, Israel was at peace, although the people by and large had rejected God and were worshipping idols. The temple was standing intact and beautiful, yet the prophecy stated that it would be rebuilt. That means it would fall apart or be destroyed somewhere between when the prophecy was made and the time of Cyrus history attests that Jerusalem and the temple was destroyed somewhere around 626 BC. In 626 BC, the Babylonian army swept down from the north and attacked Jerusalem and took many hostages. The temple had been decorated with gold and silver, And there were many sacred golden objects and vessels for the religious services. To get to the gold sheeting and the overlay, the walls of the temple were destroyed and that building lay in ruins for one and a half centuries. Now we're going to stop here and we'll go on straight afterwards.
1: to water
0: The duration of the Babylonian Empire, Jerusalem, including the Temple, was little more than a big pile of stones. However, it seems that the rulers of the Medo Persian Empire were different. According to the publication Monuments and the Old Testament, published in 1958 by the Judson Press, Philadelphia, On page 316, this is what is written about King Cyrus. Cyrus inaugurated a policy of generosity toward his new subjects to promote in every way their welfare. As a wise statesman, a shrewd politician and a kind-hearted ruler, he planned methods by which he could better the condition of his people's He was ready to espouse their cause almost to the peril of his throne. Isn't it interesting that previously, well before the Medo-Persians rise to power, and long before Cyrus was born, God had announced that Cyrus, a pagan king, would be his shepherd. A shepherd is responsible for the care of sheep. And God used this man to care for the people over whom he had dominion. Cyrus contrasts with Hitler, who destroyed and oppressed the people he conquered. Cyrus contrasts with Stalin, Pol Pot, Idi Amin, and other notorious despots who oppressed the people. Cyrus contrasts with the Israelite king Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, Rehoboam, instead of reducing the burdens of the people, said the following, My father Solomon made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. And that's found in 1 Kings chapter 12 and verse 14. Instead of consolidating the kingdom and being a king, who had become popular with the people, Rehoboam caused extreme dissatisfaction and caused a split in the kingdom. Now Australia is a country with a democratic government, that is, the government is chosen through majority vote by the people. I've seen governments fall because our leaders forgot to be shepherds of the people and instituted strict taxation laws that oppressed the people instead. What a wise king Cyrus was. Anyone would think that he was a Christian. And that brings us to another important point. I believe God works through agencies that might appear in no way to be connected to him. Organisations and governments that work for the good of the people, dispensing goodwill and justice, and operating from an ethic of generosity and human rights are doing God's will. Australia and other countries have over the years experienced some extreme disasters such as fires and floods. Why do people who have no Christian affiliation, with empathy donate and help the less fortunate. I feel that God works through them. The two companion books of the Old Testament, Ezra and Nehemiah, record how under the sponsorship and tutelage of three of the Medo-Persian kings, Israelite refugee families were allowed and encouraged to return to their homeland to rebuild the temple in order to resume their religious practices and also to rebuild the city. Cyrus was the first king to allow that. In Ezra chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 is the record of what happened. The Bible says in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any one of his people among you, may his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem in Judah to build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel. Instead of encouraging rebellion and a desire to set up a separate rebel government in Israel, the decree of Cyrus encouraged allegiance and respect. Cyrus was God's man, although he mightn't have even known it. Cyrus is an example to anyone who is in control of others, whether they be government leaders, business leaders, team leaders, or family leaders. A leader is to be a servant. A servant of the people he or she leads. Often leaders get the idea that they are the ones who should be served by those whom they control. Those are bad leaders and unfortunately such people exist in our society today. Good leaders are responsible for those they serve. They are to protect, care for, and develop and encourage the people. Coming down to the home level, parents have a huge responsibility of protecting and nurturing the children God has given them. Yet so many children become victims of selfish parents through exploitation and neglect. You've all heard about paedophilia, where unscrupulous people, including priests, have made children under their care victims of their predatory behaviour. That is so wrong. Cyrus was a ruler motivated by generosity and a sound sense of human rights. Cyrus cared for his people. Cyrus acted from principles contained in God's law, the Ten Commandments. You fathers, you mothers, you teachers, you employers and leaders of others, let Cyrus be an example to you. Cyrus, whether he knew it or not, was acting for God. And it's my prayer that you too will act for God as you treat others under your leadership with love and respect. Thank God for the Cyruses in this world. Why don't you be one of them?